T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Olson carries it down. Darlene up top. Shot deflected on net. Tuck can't get it. Olson scores! Bottom of the circle, near side, that puck popped right onto his stick, and like lightning, it goes into the back of the net to put Buffalo up 3 to nothing. Power play goal for Victor Olofsson, and Dan Dunleavy on the call will make that one of the moments of the game from last night's victory. The moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. We're going forth to the uh, Western Hotline. Mr. Paul Hamilton standing by. His article on last night's victory is available at WGR550.com. Paul's report brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today, planning for tomorrow. And by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. What do you say, P. Ham? How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? I am great, Paul. The Sabres are awesome. Like, like, I actually look forward to watching their games. I am emotionally invested. I yell at the screen. I yell at the out-of-town scoreboard on three-point games. I'm doing all the stuff like I did ten years ago, Paul. Didn't you, didn't you yell at the screen when Kruger was coach? Yeah, but for different reasons. I, I yell at the screen <laughs> in good ways. Like, like, I exclaim, holy bleep, when I see the Thompson goal, the play that leads to the Thompson goal. It's good screaming, Paul. <laughs> yeah, uh, Connor Hellebuck is one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, and you see him sliding into the corner uh, because he gets <laughs> deked out of his jock as he's going ground. And it, it was it was almost funny to watch just to see. You could imagine what the expression on his face was under the mask as he's sliding out of the crease and watching Thompson get the puck and nothing he could do. You know, as Thompson pops it into the empty net, it was just just a crazy goal. What a play, Paul. I mean, I think just the way that – I mean, first they break the play up in their own end. I think it was Tuck maybe that starts the play. But then the passing, mm-hmm. I thought – honestly, I didn't even think about Thompson. Skinner makes that pass to Tuck, and I'm thinking, wow, that's beautiful. He's just going to redirect that. And then the drop pass was a thing of beauty. The The cohesion – the chemistry, the way these guys work together, and it's not just that line. I'll follow it up after this, but the way they work together, that was a beautiful play from start in their own end to finish. And they just know where each other are going to be. Yep. That's the thing. I mean, now, Hellebuck had stoned the Sabres a couple of times by you know getting over and giving them really nothing. Thompson, for one, early in the game, you know, tried one of his moves, but it was he was right there, and he's just so big. There was just no net for him to shoot at, and I think Tuck might have gone to school on that, knowing that okay, you know, he's coming over and he's coming over hard, and if I can get the puck back to the middle of the ice, I know that's where Thompson's going to be, 
and we're going to get a great scoring chance because I'm not, I have no chance where I am, you know, because he's coming over. He's too, he takes everything away. So I have no chance to score here. I'm going to put it back in the middle and it, it just, they know, I don't even know if he had to look to see if he was there. I think he just knew he was there. And, it, and it, it's not just them. I think you saw it last night. How many times, whatever line was on the ice, and I'll include the defense pairs too, right? The times they got set up in the offensive zone and had tape-to-tape passes. I mean, it's really cool. Like, it wasn't too many years ago, under mm-hmm. previous head coaches not to be named, that we would sit here and look at this team and go, they can't even make two passes together. And now they just have a cohesion. They, they have the ability to operate as a five-man unit, and it looks really smooth. Yeah, the passing used to be embarrassing. I would sit there and say, these are NHL players. Are you kidding me? They can't, they can't complete one pass that's tape-to-tape. I'd go to practice, and it was laughable to watch drills. They couldn't get through drills because they couldn't pass the puck to each other. I mean, it was like, are these guys NHL players? Are you kidding me? I've seen junior teams and college teams pass better than this. You know, and, and now to see what they do now and uh, the, the talent of some of the folks that they have on this team, it's, it's, it's like night and day. It's like... <laughs> Here, here we are celebrating a team that can actually pass the puck, and we're yeah. talking about an NHL team. <laughs> you know, and the other thing, too, I, I said to Jeremy, um, I was on TSN's website yesterday, right, before the game was played, and this is not the first team that has said this. They had a little preview of the Sabres-Jets game, and in it was the Jets players talking about how we have to try and stop the skilled and speedy Sabres. And I just, you know, again, look at the world we're living in, Paul. The Sabres are now the team. How many times did we used to say, well, they don't have speed, they can't keep up, da-da-da-da. Now they're the team that other teams are saying, we've got to find a way to slow these guys down. And it was evident, again, last night, Winnipeg couldn't stay with them. You could see the game in Buffalo where Winnipeg won that game, but the Sabres were the better team. Winnipeg's goaltender stole a game for them. The the Jets didn't know what to do with the Sabres' speed then. So you knew that, you know, if the Sabres could get it going in Winnipeg, that the Jets would have all sorts of problems with it, and they did. I know the score was 3-2, to but, folks, that was a dominant performance. The Sabres dominated that game. And... The fact the Jets scored, they scored on a six-on-four. They were on a power play in the, with the goaltender pulled, although the, the guy who came out for the goaltender wasn't into the play yet, but it was a six-on-four. And they scored on a six-on-five. So both goals came with the goaltender pulled. Uh, it was I, I kind of felt bad for Comrie because here he is in Winnipeg facing his old team, hasn't won a game since November 2nd, and he loses his shutout then after playing a nice game, you know, and – and uh, still, I'm sure he's very happy he won the game. But uh, Jeff Skinner, when you come down on, a, on an empty net in the 3-1, yeah. would you shoot the puck? <laughs> Just shoot the puck. Because, honestly, that almost cost him. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. that could have made it 4-1. to one, Right. And next thing you know, it's 3-2 to two with 41 seconds left. And that could have cost them. I mean, in a game that Buffalo absolutely dominated. So I know you're trying to be nice. And that's really cool that you want to be nice to one of your teammates. Just shoot the puck into the empty net. Let's you know. Let's go on to Minnesota. All right. So there was one time I yelled at the at the, the TV last night in anger. Um, <laughs> Owen Power. You know, we we we've talked a lot about Darlene and you know in the Norris Trophy discussion and and how he's just controls games now. How impressed are you? I know he was the number one overall pick, right? And he, and and you know. 
destined for stardom, number one overall pick, played at this great collegiate hockey program. But still, Paul, to come in at his age and to have the the ice time he gets, the responsibility he gets, and now he seems to have gone to another level. And it's amazing how comfortable in his NHL skin or skates he is at a very young age for defensemen. Power and Darlene are very different in the way they play, but look at how much trouble Darlene had being in the same position yeah. as a rookie, even his first three years, I think we can say. But again, Darlene's trying to get to a different game than Power is. But still, I mean, Power, as comfortable as he is playing, and, you know, he had to find his way too, but in different ways. I mean, he still was playing well as he was finding his way. Where I think Power was trying to find his way was offensively, and you could see it coming for about the last month. You could see how he was getting into the zone and getting part of the of the uh, the forecheck and, mm-hmm. and getting opportunities, and it wasn't going in for him, but you could see it coming and now all of a sudden he scores in three consecutive games and but I'm not surprised only because he was getting opportunities even the the first game he scored in he had just missed the net on a great opportunity right before you know the period before uh, that that he had produced a good scoring chance so you know he's getting because of injury right away he was getting like 25 minutes a game right because, uh, you know, Samuelson got hurt pretty quick into the season, and then Yoki Haru got hurt, and they needed him. And, but they weren't afraid to do it. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, you know, heaped that on him if he, if he couldn't handle it. And for the most part, he handled it very well. And it, it is amazing to see what he can do as a, as a rookie in the National Hockey League. This team's road record is getting to an absurd point. 12-2-1 um, in their last 15 road games, Paul. Why? Why are they so successful on the road? I mean, that's crazy good. It's it's hard to explain. And, and I know Jeremy asked Don Granado yesterday the same question. And Don kind of said the same thing. It's difficult for him to explain. It's just um, they, they enjoy like the big moment type of thing. And, and they go into buildings that are alive, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and feed off of it and and. and that that's you know that's what they've gotten in some of the places on the road they've beaten the top teams in the western conference dallas winnipeg uh vegas colorado uh edmonton calgary you know they've beaten the some of the best teams in in hockey right now on the road now they're going to get an opportunity to do some of that in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference wins they have on the road are mostly the lower teams other than Washington. They did win in Washington, but uh, and Boston. Boston. Sorry, yeah. Boston too. But a, a lot of the, the top teams they haven't been able to beat yet in the Eastern Conference where wow, they're ripping through that Western Conference. It's, it's just crazy how good they are and – I don't know. Maybe do, do they sneak up on some of the Western Conference teams because they don't see them much, and and this is the new and improved Buffalo Sabers, and I, I know Winnipeg. Their coach said that the game in Buffalo, he felt his team took the Sabers lightly, and and it almost cost them. If it wasn't for their goaltender, he goes, well, they, "We didn't deserve to win that game," and he thought maybe they they took them lightly. So maybe teams like. You know, Winnipeg and Vegas and, you know, Dallas that don't see the Sabres a lot, maybe they're not thinking of them in the, in the, fa- in the way they should be thinking of them. 
again, I'm just kind of throwing darts here. I, yeah. I just trying to figure out because it is crazy lately on the road just how well they've done. And uh, it do, it just doesn't phase them at all. I mean, 12, 2, and 1 yeah. in their last 15 road games and 15, 7, and 1 overall. I, I said, you know, I was worried about this trip when I when I looked at the schedule last week. We, you know, they're in this stretch of thirteen games in twenty two days, and this is the final week of this crazy stretch. And you look at it, and you go, "Great, four road games and six nights." The the top three teams in the Central Division are in this list as well. Two of the better teams in the NHL and Dallas and Winnipeg. And I was really worried about it because I thought, "What are they going to have left?" Three and zero. I mean, it's I, I, full full marks. I'm I'm super impressed by, of course, how the season has gone, but even the tail end of this crazy stretch of hockey that they've been able to come up with the performances, and they're not like playing badly and just you know getting lucky. They're beating teams, and it doesn't make sense how they've handled the stretch. In the beginning of the stretches, when they were losing, they were bad, right? right. And then as what they, they should be getting tired. And getting worse yeah. because it's 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 really grueling because it is really grueling. They're not practicing at all, which helps, you know. Yeah. And they're getting better. I mean, here they are, one more game left in thirteen games in twenty two days, and they're seven, four, and one. Yep. Howard, if you would have said to me before that first Minnesota game, because it's the two Minnesota games where yeah. it starts and finishes, you know what? If they could go seven, four, and one, would you take that? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would have signed up for that. Especially and, after you and, tell me they lose five of the first seven games in the stretch. Yeah, I absolutely would sign up for that in in this type of a schedule. You just don't see schedules like this that aren't in the middle of an Olympic year or something like this. And and uh, yeah, to be seven, four, and one, especially the way it started, I think is is just amazing for this team. All right, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. As I got to ask him about his trade rumor. Not quite a rumor. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Paul. One one thing we talked early early in the show. I said, you know, things are real when Paul is openly <laughs> suggesting that you know maybe one of their young prospects could be moved out in a trade. I, I heard you mention Jack Quinn. Not to you know necessarily single him out, but just the but, idea that you're opening up to the idea of what they could do and how the build could take its next step. But we've talked a lot about what kind of trade would Adams be looking for. Well, now maybe we can put a few names to it. You know, Timo Meyer, I think, is a, is a perfect example, uh, you know, at 26 years old. Here's a guy, and I think it's actually what, the reason I brought him up is you've got to give something to get something. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not I'm down on Jack Quinn. It's actually I really think Jack Quinn is really good, and maybe he would be a piece that could get you Timo Meyer. Because you're going to have to give up something like that. And I think if they can get a 26-year-old who last year scored, what, 35 goals and this year has 28 goals in 49 and is not one of the munchkins, is 6'1 and 220, can play at both ends of the rink, what you've got is Quinn, who I think is going to be a very good player, but the you know has a lot of promise and I think has a lot of talent, but it hasn't come out yet. He's still finding his way you would get a player in return who you know. You you know he's good. He's gone through this whole process. And if what Adams is trying to do works, is going to be a big part of it down the road. He's not going to be, well, he's going to be gone once the Sabres are fighting for uh, you know a Stanley Cup championship the way Adams sees how this is going to go down. So, all right, what's it going to take to get him? Probably a very good prospect and probably a number one pick, you would think. Mm-hmm. 
that's the type of trade, though, I think they're looking for, is the, the guy at 25, 26 years old who can help now, can help later, and that maybe you're willing to give, you know, give up one of your prospects. Maybe it's one of the three number one picks from last year. Um, somebody like that. Uh, you know, it's not going to be Cousins or Power or anybody like that, but if you're getting a player back like Timo Meyer, then, all right, maybe it's got to be Quinn or maybe it's got to be Paterka to, or maybe it's got to be one of those three guys you drafted last year. To that point, Paul, the one thing I would wonder about a, a move like Meyer, do you think they would bring somebody in and just make him the highest-paid player on the team? Yes. I mean – they would have to know because we're talking about a $10 million qualifying offer next next year. So I think part of that deal would be you'd have to know you can sign him. You're not giving up Jack Quinn if it's going to be one year and you get a qualify. Maybe you qualify yeah. him and I, then you can't sign him and he's gone. I just mean it from a standpoint of do they feel like that would be – It goes over in the room okay? Yeah, yeah. Just like, hey, this guy just got here. And, you know, sometimes that stuff can get sticky. It can, but I don't think I don't know. When I look at this group, this group wants to win, and I think they would they would welcome him with open arms. I don't think they really care or pay any attention to what each other are making. Like you know, when when Thompson and Samuelson and all those guys got got their contracts, they congratulate them and say, "Great," you know, because Adams tells them, you know, you'll get paid if you go out and earn it. We want to pay our own. Well, Meyer is not paying your own. But he would be if you trade for him. He becomes your own, yeah. you know, and then you're you're paying one of your own type of a thing. So, no, I don't think there would be any jealousy or anything like that from this group, because if Timo Meyer would make them a lot better, that's that's what they're all about, and I think they would be totally fine with that. All right, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you, sir. Have a nice weekend. Take care, guys. Bye, Paul. Paul brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today, planning for tomorrow, and by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. If you're on hold, hang on. We're going to get a break. Come back. Taking your calls, 803-0550 to join us. WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.